0: October 1st. And now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, we'll be reading in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 19, we'll go through chapter 3 and verse 3. Look out, Christ is the model for Christians and the life that we live and the service we have because He thought first of others, not of Himself. He's our model. Do you look out for the interests of others, or do you think only of yourself? Now, be honest. Do you have the servant attitude of Jesus Christ, willing to sacrifice for others? Will you empty yourself that others might be filled? And we'll read about being poured out. The image is that of a drink offering, poured out on the altar. Paul was willing to pour out his very life for the sake of the Lord and his church, and to do it joyfully. Timothy and Epaphroditus had the same attitude of service and sacrifice giving themselves for others. It was a guy by the name of F.B. Meyer who wrote, I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves one above the other, and that the taller we grew in Christian character, the more easily we could reach those shelves. I now find that God's gifts are on shelves one beneath the other, and that it's not a question of growing taller, but of stooping lower to serve others. And now let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. October 1st, Philippians chapter 2, verse 19, going through chapter 3, verse 3. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I, Paul, hope to send Timothy to you, Philippians, soon. Then when he comes back, he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy, who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves, and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has helped me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, a faithful worker, and a courageous soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. Now I am sending him home again, for he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he surely was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him, and also on me, so that I would not have such unbearable sorrow. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and that will lighten all my cares. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy, and be sure to honor people like him. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while trying to do for me the things you couldn't do because you were far away. Whatever happens, dear brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you joy. I never get tired of telling you this. I am doing this for your own good. Watch out for those dogs, those wicked men and their evil deeds, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship God in the Spirit are the only ones who are truly circumcised. We put no confidence in human effort. Instead, we boast about what Christ Jesus has done for us.
1: Now, Jesus Christ is God's uniquely born son in that Mary did not know a man sexually, but she was pregnant of the Holy Ghost. Stay with me now. Jesus could not have an earthly father because an earthly father would have given him a sin nature. And if Jesus had had a sin nature, he wouldn't be worthy to die for my sin. So he's uniquely born in that his mother was a virgin with child. And his being the uniquely born Only begotten son of God makes him eminently qualified to be my redeemer. Cherubim couldn't do it. Seraphim couldn't do it. Abraham couldn't do it because he lied and said Sarah was his sister. Noah couldn't do it because he got drunk on the eve of weak instruction. David couldn't do it because he took another man's wife to bed and lied about the adultery. Moses couldn't do it because he got tired of God's people. Jacob couldn't do it because he tricked his brother out of his blessing. There had to be a sinless substitute and the only one qualified was Jesus. Now some of y'all look like you're ashamed to call that name, But there's salvation in that name. There's power in that name. There's joy and peace in that name. There's hope and wholeness in that name. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name Jesus. I feel like calling it a minute. Jesus early in the morning. Jesus over in the evening. Jesus late in the midnight hour. That's power in that name. Jesus is on the main line. If you need salvation, tell him what you want. Jesus, the righteous son of God, Jesus, Adam's Redeemer, Abel's Vindicator, Abraham's sacrifice, Noah's Ark, Moses' bush on fire, Joshua's battle axe, Gideon's fleece, Samson's power, David's music, Solomon's wisdom, Jeremiah's bomb in Gilead, Jesus, Mary's baby boy, Matthew's king. Mark's suffering servant Luke's great physician John's word made flesh Jesus distinctive in supernatural capacity superlative in sovereign majesty exclusive in spiritual beauty there's power in the name Jesus some of you act like you still ashamed to call it that's cause you haven't been in trouble yet Some of you act like you don't know him. That's because you ain't been broke enough yet. Some of you act like you're embarrassed to call him because you ain't been sick enough yet. But there is a name. There is a name. There's a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow every tongue confess his love is glory
0: Psalm 73 verses 1 through 28 Well, this psalm begins with God is good and ends with it is good but between those statements things are not so good we'll read about the philosopher Asaph's basic premise was correct God is good. But when he pondered the success of the wicked and the sorrows of the righteous, he began to falter in his faith. It seemed that he was wasting his time and energy being faithful to God because the unfaithful received all the blessings. He did not realize that what he called good was not what God would call good. He was walking by sight and not by faith. We'll read about the worshiper. The turning point came when he went into the sanctuary and started looking at things from God's perspective. You know, the important thing is not so much what you own or enjoy, but where you are going. I mean, what good is an easy death if it ushers you into pain? When life seems unfair, take time to worship. I mean, really worship and get your spiritual vision properly focused again. Now, we're not philosophers living on man's explanations. We are pilgrims living on God's promises. And His promises, my friend, never fail. Psalm 73, verses 1 through 28. A Psalm of Asaph. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I came so close to the edge of the cliff that My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone, for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper, despite their wickedness. They seem to live such a painless life. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They aren't troubled like other people, or plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace, and their clothing is woven of cruelty These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. Does God realize what is going on, they ask? Is the Most High even aware of what is happening? Look at these arrogant people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Was it for nothing that I kept my heart pure and kept myself from doing wrong? All I get is trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I try to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. Then, one day, I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I thought about the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path, and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, swept away by terrors. Their present life is only a dream that is gone when they awake. When you arise, O Lord, you will make them vanish from this life. Then I realized how bitter I had become, how pained I had been by all I had seen. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You are holding my right hand. You will keep on guiding me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. But those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Proverbs 24, verses 13 and 14, My child, eat honey, for it is good, and the honeycomb is sweet to the taste. In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future, and your hopes will not be cut short.